0: Morning, everybody. Morning. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Everybody's awake. Good. I'm doing. I'm gonna do my best here to keep you awake. So it's great. But uh, you know what, Pastor Chris, he um, took some time to share his heart, our heart, which is one heart. Um, man, and if I could add anything, to that would be like, we care about you guys. <laughs> that's our reality uh, as ministers. That's why we're here. Uh, I'm an emotional guy. I've said that before up here. Um, And I put myself in a position and my family in a position to do what God's called me to do, which is to care for you guys, to reject uh, another life or other things, but to be here for you, um, to love you. And as we've uh, put our brains together and have prayed and have asked the Lord for vision for this church, uh, there's just one thing that comes to mind, and it's that we need each other in this life, that we need each other in this journey that we have. And if we don't, then... um, Yeah, I mean, it it just, the story will unfold in that way. And the theme for these next couple weeks is a blindside. I'm assuming everybody knows what blindside means. It could be used for a lot of different things. Uh, The term blindside is, uh, it reminds me of a movie. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's an awesome movie. Um, I actually, for the purposes of this sermon, at this very moment, I was going to have someone come out from the back and tackle me, like, without me seeing them. So, like, I got blindsided. Um, I'm very excited that I didn't do that, because um, yeah, that just wouldn't have been good. But um, I just I want to give some imagery though. It's it's very important to kind of just put something to it. So I found something that I'd like to show. It's probably one of the better clips that I found of an example of being blindsided and what that looks like. Do we have that? Down conversions have been at a premium here tonight. Boom. Is that good or what? I mean, listen, it's, there's some slow-mo. There's some slow-mo. Is Wait, for from the top of the Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh. One more. There's one the more, I'm pretty sure. Oh. <laughs> um, is that like the definition of being blindsided or what? Thank you, YouTube. It was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, again, it's a big term in football, and we see it, but that was insane. He snapped the ball, literally looked to his left, and that came out of nowhere. He wasn't expecting it. He didn't know what to do or deal with it. He was on the floor. Who knows if there was anything going through his mind? That was intense, but football started, so I just wanted to get us rolling with that, too. I have another picture, too. This one's a little bit more of a lighter one. Uh, I call this guy—I uh, call this guy Billy Bob. Poor Billy Bob, he's like typing up a memo, like I don't know. Can we bring back Casual Fridays? I'm tired of wearing this tie, like. And all of a sudden, hey Billy Bob, he looks around, boom, pie in the face. Like that is a fantastic blindside moment as well. Uh, on a more serious note, I have another, you know, image as well, and this is personal to me. I don't know if you guys. Remember me uh, a while back, around February, having a cast around? I don't know if everybody heard the story, but I did have my cast. There's some new people here. Well, on uh, Maple, I was turning left onto Pontiac Trail. So that's where that gas station is, where the Tim Horton is on Wednesday, or or Wendy, sorry. I turned left, and literally, I'm turning left, green light, green light. And I look over, and it was just lights right in my face. I look and there's just lights, boom. And all I remember is just getting out of the car after that. Um, that that was a huge blindside moment for me. I'm not going to lie. Even thinking about it, I still get chills. Um, you know, that my kids weren't in there and that there wasn't a more bigger repercussion to that. But that's the reality of these moments that we get blindsided in life. And goodness, I mean, I can give a million examples, but how many of us have been, I mean, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. How many of us have been blindsided by something in life? I mean, goodness, from financial to health. Health and financial, I feel like they go hand in hand because we deal with so many different illnesses and different things that um, come into our family. It's just weird. So having to deal with paying a medical bill, if you don't have insurance, having to deal with that. On the financial side of things, if you lose a job, I mean, how blindsiding is that you walk into work you're doing your thing, you're doing your best, and all of a sudden they say, well, I'm sorry that you know, your job is terminated. You have two days. I mean, that's, these are real moments that people live through. Moments that your, your heart starts beating, you get sick to your stomach, you have nothing in it, but you just feel like you wanna... That's the reality of what a blindsiding moment is. Relationships. I think about friends. I think about people that are close to me that all of a sudden in a relationship... The other person said, if we, I can't. It's just blindsiding. You think something is a certain way. You believe something is real in your life, and all of a sudden, it can be good. I can go, I can go on for the next half an hour and give examples of what blindsided moments are. But I just want it to be a, a reality for us. And that that reality is that life circumstances sometimes move in a speed that we can't, we can't grasp. We as humans cannot sometimes control the speed that life goes. We have so many things that we contend with. So many things that we need to have our eye th- uh, hand on. It just moves in a speed that sometimes it just gets out of our control even. So I don't know about you guys, but I've learned, and this is not something of myself. I praise the Lord for my father and God for giving me this opportunity, but I've had great times where I've learned from people that are just older and wiser than me. How many people know that they're just people that are older and wiser than you? That's just the reality. Praise the Lord for that, because going through this life blind and not knowing what to do and not being able to lean on people that God puts in your life, it's, a, it's been a blessing to me. So because God has done a great work in my life, I know that I can go to the word. And there is somebody in the Bible that's the wisest of them all. I had the pleasure in the last couple of weeks to just do a little bit of you know, reading and all of that, but more recently, I was able to dig into the, a, uh, the ancient history encyclopedia and read about Solomon. This man, Solomon, is amazing, it, needless to say. He was the wisest man of his time. He was leading a kingdom that was the biggest, their best moment, the best moment of the Israel people was when Solomon was there, leading people. He was richer than anyone else. He got himself into trouble. I won't say why, but if anyone knows the story, you know why. He, he was just an amazing man, had so much wisdom, and had lived an amazing life, and he had so much to share. So in the Word, there are so many amazing scriptures that sometimes they're hard to unravel and unfold. But I want us to, deepend, I want us to dig deeper, because if a man that's rich and the wisest man on earth I'm assuming he had some time too. He had some time to just relax, write his thoughts, and hopefully then be able to encourage people like that. And this is, this is what he says. I want to jump into the story, and it's in Ecclesiastes chapter four. I want to read the first two verses of this and get some insight here. This is what he says. He says, Then I looked again at all the acts of oppression which were being done under the sun. And behold, I saw tears of the oppressed and that I had no one, and that they had no one to comfort them. Pay pay close attention to that. He jumps into verse two and he said, or uh, sorry, the, the second part of verse one. And on the side of the oppressors was power, but they had no one to comfort them. This is, Solomon is sitting on his deck with like, if it would have been in this time, like five you know, flat screens, watching all types of sports and whatever he wanted. And he's looking out, and he's seeing people living their daily lives, and he's seeing under the sun, all I'm seeing is acts of oppression. People are, are brought to tears because of what's happening in their lives. Even the people of power that are also oppressing, they have no one to comfort them either. This was, this what was, he was seeing right in his very eyes, and he was, he was just compelled to write more, more so look what he says in verse two. So I congratulated the dead who are already dead more than the living who are still living. That's how serious this was, what he was observing, man. He was saying people that are dead right now, they have a good, they're fine. They're not oppressed. They're not in tears. They're not getting blindsided left and right by the things of life that we have to contend with. That was was the reality that he saw. And I I hope you grasp that there's a, 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 a secret, again, with men like Solomon that he's so wise, I would assume that there were certain things that he was trying to give us through these scriptures. And the key being, which he repeated twice, was that they had no one to comfort them. No one to comfort them, whether people that had power or not. They had no one to comfort them. Now we're gonna jump down to verse nine because here's where it gets good. Um, And this is what it says. He says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, for if either of them loses their job, for if either of them goes into a, a health crisis. For if, for if either of them is having relationship struggles that can't be repaired or restored. For if either of them uh, are dealing with whatever amount of stress that causes them to you know, deal with a depression, anxiety. For if any of them falls, the one will lift him up, his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. I'll tell you what, that really, um, I know this was a, this was a a cool verse for me because it was a verse that was read in in my wedding uh, five years ago. When I was reading and talking to our, you know, my mentor and talking to Erica, this was huge because. And at the time, I didn't even grasp it how I've grasped it now, which is just really neat how the how the Lord continues to speak to you through His Word. Um, but woe to the one who falls, and there's not another one to lift him up. You see, the more the more strands that we have in our lives, those specific strands they, they comfort they comfort our soul, and and I and I and I want to show you why as we continue. Because in verse 11, he says, furthermore, so another example, verse 11. If two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. He's saying that if somebody comes after me and I'm here by myself, well, it could be a battle, especially if it's Nick or Nick Pap. They're both equally taller than I am. Nick Pap or Nick uh, Packwood? They're bigger than me. But if I have Alex with me, I mean, man, uh, my chances are at least a little bit better. I don't know, 2%? I'll have Alex grab him by the legs and then I'll do the rest. This, This is what he's saying. He's saying that two are better than one in that situation, in that scenario. But even more so, the end of verse 12 A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. So I started to think and think and think and I continue to keep thinking. This is me by myself. This is me by myself, me in this life of having moments where I could be oppressed, uh, I could be in tears, I could have difficult struggles because of the blind sides that life provides us. A blind side to me boom. As easy as that. As easy as that. I took a second pencil out too though so that I can do that again because I figured that'd be fun. This is Alex by himself. Dealing with the things that he has to deal with. School starting up again. Grades. College. All these things are in his mind that he doesn't know what he's going to do next. If he gets blindsided by something, I mean that, I didn't even take a breath. Not because it was Alex, just because it was easy for us to be broken, right? But what happens when we have two, three, four more strands in our lives? When Solomon is saying that three, a cord of three strands is not easily torn apart. Listen, I know I'm not the strongest guy, I haven't worked out in a couple weeks, okay. But this isn't easy, this isn't easy right now. This is not easy. To break, these, to break these pencils together. It's, it's pretty challenging. I might have to use you know, something to be able to do it. This is what Solomon is talking about. He's saying that the more strands that we have in our lives, in this life that we live in, that we have the potential of being blindsided and also a reality, check note, side note, footnote, however you wanna call it, this is something that we can't run away from and something that <laughs> will probably continue to happen. If you're living Solomon said, the only way that this is gonna happen is if you're dead, so congrats if you're dead. If you're living, then there's always a chance, an opportunity, a time where you can be blindsided. But this, this is not, easy to, this is not easily broken, these three strands. There's a, a wonderful example that I think we all should use, and I imploring all of us to use this as a template for ourselves. An amazing group of people that they also were oppressed, that they also were in moment of tears, that they also, maybe even more than we have experienced, had a huge blind side. And that's the early, that's the early church and the disciples. The early church and the disciples, they specifically the disciples, they had such an idea in their minds of you know, how their life was going to go. They had Jesus, they believed in him, they knew that he was a savior. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's telling them things go down, Jesus is captured and they're going to crucify him, he's going to die all of a sudden. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? You probably had maybe a thought that, wow, we have Jesus, we have our our Lord, like we're going to be in our heaven. Who knows what they thought, having him there so close and being so intimate with him. Jesus was captured and then crucified. That's a huge blind side. If I was a disciple, I'd be like this, broken, broken because of that reality. But the cool thing about the story and what we'll do is that even though they might have looked like this, they became this. And that's what I want us to become. I mean, look at what we're doing right now. We're gathered here, loving the ability able to worship a living God and adoring Jesus for what he's done in our lives, this is their work, that they became this. And I want us to, I want us to see it. I want us to see it. So if we could go to uh, Acts chapter two, I'm going to start in verse 42. I want to start in verse 42. So as a backstory, just slightly, Peter, Peter, um, There was a a gathering of people, what we know as Pentecost came as a spirit was given to us to empower us, empower the disciples after Jesus had died. Peter gives an amazing sermon. People say speech, but I, you know, it's a sermon. He gave an amazing sermon earlier in that chapter. It was his first time speaking to the public. It was his first time like just talking his heart to people and people were transforming. It was an amazing moment. Our history, what I would consider to be our history. And then in verse 42, they started seeing things happen. They started seeing things move in a direction. And that's where I want to pick up the story. Verse 42 says this, speaking of the disciples in the church, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Well, let's clarify. The apostles' teachings, pretty simple. He died. Praise the Lord, he's, a, he's alive. He rose from the grave. So do what he says. That was it. Actually, I had that, uh, that do what he said. I had an all caps exclamation with a smiley face. So then I just kind of like toned it down. Because <laughs> we, we don't need that. Do what he says. That That was it. Do what he says. He died. He's alive. And there's witnesses, there's, there's testimonies, there's life change happening. He's alive. He's here to do what he says. That was their teaching. And then the second part of that verse, again, of what these people were devoting themselves to was fellowship. And Luke being a super, you know, smart guy as well. One of the disciples, when he wrote this, he defined it as two things, the breaking of bread and prayer. So, I love the ability of us being, being here, meeting here, being able to worship together, how awesome it was to take uh, the Lord's Supper together. I think these things are encouraging. But what was happening in this verse and what was causing the change, the life change that people were happening, it wasn't on one day a week. And I'm gonna keep reading so that we have that proof. It wasn't on a Sunday morning. People's lives weren't being changed on one day and then they expected the next day the next Sunday to continue to get that change. That wasn't what was happening here, folks. And that's why this is, a, this is very important. And when we consider blindsides and we're thinking about those things, blindsides can happen at any time, any time in part of your life. Being in fellowship and what Luke de- described that as, the breaking of bread and being together, that's, that's when we become this. That's when we become this. That's the breaking of bread. That Solomon was talking about, about being, having strands and being together like this. He was saying this specific thing, that fellowship was doing life together. So there's something that, you under, that we must understand about this word fellowship. We, we toss this word around and that's fine. You know, time has gone on. We take definitions for our own thing and denominations, all that stuff. That's, all, that's a, like a cat trail. Um, but fellowship was a deep, it was a really deep and intimate word for these people. When they said fellowship, which the definition of that is a sacrificial giving of one another, a sacrificial giving of one another, that was, that's what came to mind for them. That's what they thought. That's what they were saying when they said it's time to do fellowship, to break bread. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I wish I could have you guys you know, here every Sunday and I can cook for you guys. I'm not trying to brag here, but everybody knows that I'm a chili chili cook-off champion. I mean, I am. It's, It's a fact. It's not, yeah, it's just a reality. How neat would it be for me to bring food here and then we could all, that's kind of impossible though. I got two kids. I got a lawn to cut because it's been raining a lot. Like, it's just busy. It's hard for me to be able to bring chili for 150 people and have us all sit down. That's not the reality, but you know what? If you wanna come over, you can come over. We'll pray for the food, we'll do, do life together, do fellowship, we'll open the word, you'll be full, I bet you that, and then we're going away. That's that's what he was, that's what the example that he was trying to give, what he was trying to say. It was a more intentional, a sacrificing of our time a sacrificing of what we have going on to come together and to give some of each other to one another. That's what it was for them. And to prayer. Pastor Chris and the, the church in general, we, we had a, a sermon series on prayer a few weeks back. If you weren't able to, to you know be here or catch it, you can go online, you can listen to it. It was an amazing series. It really encouraged us to get direction on how we pray because the Lord is wanting to do something in our life. And if we don't have that that prayer in our lives together, the way that the church was doing it, then it's just going to be a little bit tricky to uh, to be able to see that. It's going to be hard to attain that, because, in my opinion, prayer is the lifeline of our faith. It really is. It really is. And doing it together, the power that there is in that, the power that we have when we pray and we sit together, it's it's the lifeline of our faith. It's the lifeline of our faith. So that's what they were dedicating themselves to. Let's see what verse 43 says. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Listen, God started to do a work among them. They were encouraging each other. They were taking time to be with each other. They were praying for each other. They were reading the scriptures to one another and reminding each other of what God had done in our lives. Listen, there could have been a moment that one of them had a blindside moment, but you know what? You know what that person probably did? Ran to his brother's house. This is what's happening in my life. This is what's happening in my life. I need you to pray for me. They started seeing, they, first of all, they started feeling that sense of awe, But they started seeing signs, testimonies of people's lives being changed through the power of their gathering. This is what they were experiencing. This is what was happening. This is what they were becoming. Verse 44 through 46 says this. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as one might not have a need. Listen to verse 46. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. This is an amazing picture. If I could draw this and just like hang it in my office and just like be able to look at it, this, this would be it, this would be it. Day by day they were walking together with one mind that we have each other's back, that yes, we're all gonna pray for so and so because they're dealing with this struggle. Yes, we're gonna walk with this person right now because a health issue has come up so we're gonna walk with them. This person here has been blindsided by something that have, uh, is just shaking their lives let's walk with them in one mind believing that Jesus can do something this is what they were this is what they were doing they were going from house to house they were always with each other knowing what was going on breaking bread maybe not eating chili but eating pita bread and goat milk it's fine whatever works but they were doing it and they were seeing god move in their lives they were seeing jesus change and transform answer prayers seeing healing Seeing restoration. They were seeing Jesus at his finest. They were seeing the spirit move in this setting. And verse 47 says this. This was the ultimate result. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. This grew This grew to the point that it's unbreakable. That's why we're here today. That's why we're here today. The church grew to a point here. This is where that happened. People's lives were being transformed. People were being changed. People were being restored because of this. There was no storm that could shake them. There was no condition that would break or make them fall. They were together. They stood together. And it reminds me of something specific. Um, over time, I've been able to learn about I've been able to learn about a, 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 just a grouping of trees that are out in the Pacific. I don't know if anybody has heard of them. You probably have. They're pretty, you know, big deal um, because they grow in this country. And it's the redwood forest, or some people know them as a sequoia tree. I actually have some images, just because I figured it'd be fun. Um, so these trees, um, on average, do you have, do you have a photo? These trees on average, they grow to be about 250 feet tall in the air. There are some that are uh, 300 feet. There's, there's some that are, um, I think the tallest one is about 375 feet tall. Um, I love this one. This is sweet. <laughs> Little tunnel under the tree that they built. It's crazy that the tree is still standing. So they're pretty tall, diameter wise as well. It's about 20 feet. It's the average diameter around. As you can see, there's some kids trying to like hug the whole tree, and you gotta take like 100 pictures to be able to get them in every part of the tree around. It's about the average one. So, but some of the bigger ones might be about 28 feet in diameter, 30 feet in diameter. This one, This next one is the picture of the tallest, that one that's right in front of the, behind the kid, that one they say is the tallest one in that forest. And it's about 395 feet tall. So physics, science, the weird thing about these trees is that even though they grow so tall, the longest roots of one of these trees is like 12 feet. So in my mind, that was like. It took me a while. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, I'm not that smart. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't realize it right away. It took me a while after I started thinking. I was like, well, these trees are pretty tall. Like, how can they keep themselves up? It shouldn't it be backwards. Shouldn't it be that the roots are 300 feet deep and then maybe the the tree is like six, twelve feet. Maybe. But this is what the most amazing thing is. And church, if. There's one thing to grasp, probably from today, is this. Um, these trees grow together and there's a forest amongst them. But there's something interesting that happens with their roots. And I have a picture of that that I just wanted to show. Their roots and their support and the way that they support themselves is by their togetherness and their intertwining of their roots. So imagine, I mean, miles to this forest, massive forest, huge, huge. This is how their roots grow. Their roots are linked together. Each part of themselves is wrapped in each other (laughs) is the best way for me to be able to put it into words. They, and again, photosynthesis, sorry guys, I know you guys aren't going to school yet, but just throwing this out there. They, They feed off of each other. Rain comes down, feeds the soil, they take what they need from that, but their, their roots are linked together. They feed off of each other and from each other. There's no amount of storm or craziness that could happen to them because they're, they're like this. Imagine a 300 foot tall and then just five trees together, five, six trees together, just having their roots like this. They're not going anywhere. They are not going anywhere. If there's an image and something for us to put in our hearts now, church, considering that the moment of us being blindsided just in this life that we live in because there's oppression and there's tears and there's moments that we'll get blindsided, this is, this is what we need. This is what we need. We need to be linked in a way that if one will fall, then it won't because the brother's right next to him. That if one is cold or in need, that they won't have that need because they have each other. That two are great, but three is unbreakable. Four, five, I only have 10 in this one. This ain't going anywhere. I've had a lot of uh, different moments in my life that, in my young life that I've needed people. I've needed encouragement. I've needed um, answers. And if, if I don't seek this out, and I didn't seek this out, then I wouldn't be standing here in front of you. That's my reality. And we know that God has plans for us, that God has a purpose for us, that Jesus didn't put himself on a, on a cross for us to just not live up to what he has created us to be. Is that easy? Well, no. But if we're together, imagine what we could do when we had each other in any moment, good, trouble, blindside. To have my brother next to me is, to have my brothers next to me that I've had. They're priceless, they're priceless times. I have a few more examples. But I wanna I wanna I wanna share them in a in in a in a different setting. So the takeaway today today is that we need each other. That if we are to be unbreakable, for us to run away from this and to become this. So next week I wanna I wanna wanna chat some more about what that looks like. But I want us to pray this week, and here's my challenge. Here's my challenge. We gave out a schedule. We're going to do our best, uh, our leaders here, to to create this togetherness, this linking that we all need, that we sometimes don't even know that we need. Consider what's going to work for you. Consider a time to invest in yourself and in the people around you so that we can become this and continue to grow in Christ. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we're just so so thankful for uh, everything. Who you are, um, what you represent to us, um, the life that we have, and and the goodness and the mercy that you bestowed on it, bestow on us. We're just so thankful for that, and we we love you for it, and that's why we're here today. Lord, we just we just want you to give us wisdom, Lord, and give us an opportunity to continue to to grow in you, Lord, but to be able to. To be together, to be able to withstand these moments of blindside that we all have, Lord. The moments of blindside that we've just had. Could be a week, could be a month ago, Lord, that we got news that we weren't expecting. Situations that we weren't prepared for. Lord, allow us to see that in your midst, with each other, you move. That you restore, that you do things that create an awe and a wonder in this life that only comes from you. Allow us to see that, allow us to experience that, and allow us, Lord, to take a step of faith. Allow us to take a step of faith to move forward, Lord, and do our best to grow in you, which is what our mission is, Lord. We love people, and we will always love people, but we will continue to grow in you. So bless the rest of our day, and bless everyone as they... um, Go about their their weeks, Lord. Uh, Walk with everyone. Holy Spirit, give direction, give instruction. Holy Spirit, give us a strength. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great Sunday, guys.